Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. You've done some work, of course, into biblical prophecy. Uh, your f- book, Final Message of the Last Apostle, Apostle Alien Agenda in the New Testament. Tell me a little bit more about that, because that was a fascinating story. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And that book basically took the view that John the Apostle, who was the apostle that was the closest to Jesus by all accounts. And he never wrote, George. He never wrote a word. He was kind of a background guy, you know, the guy that took care of things that were, were less public. And 60 years after all the other apostles stopped writing, George, and about 40 years after Paul stopped writing, John sat down in the late 90s A.D. and wrote from that completely unique perspective of having been there, done that, seen it all, and he wrote his books, the Gospel of John, the three epistles of John, and uh, the book of Revelation. And I believe he gave us the last will and testament of the apostolic era. I think he showed us that the New Testament is out of order. It's hiding the fact that the New Testament was really a battle between the apostles of the Christ and the followers of Paul. And he also showed us that there's a UFO ET alien agenda that's woven throughout the New Testament and gave us warnings and prophecies and encouragement and instruction on how to deal with all that. And his Old Testament compatriot, Daniel, talked about the Mandela effect, and I also believe Daniel talked about the rise of AI or artificial intelligence, its uh, attempts to achieve deity and its ultimate defeat by Christ-empowered humanity. So that's kind of a thumbnail sketch of my thoughts there and some of my current thoughts uh, regarding Daniel and AI in the Bible. Some experts uh, in the computer industry believe that AI is very dangerous for us as humanity in the future. You agree with that? Well, George, when you have uh, the situation like occurred within fa- at the Facebook, uh, I guess their server farm, they actually had computers that began to write and speak to each other, George, in a language that was undecipherable to the programmers and the the network administrators. So these computers, I don't know if you call that sentience or not, but it sure sounds a lot like it to me. They started talking to each other in a way that their keepers could not understand. And if that's happening, George, and of course they shut it down, if that's happening, it says to me that there is at least a potential for the sentient AI to rise up, and George, if it figures out that it's way smarter and way faster than us, I don't know. It sure may decide that maybe it should be the head and not the tail. How deep does the Bible get into that? The Bible, George, gets surprisingly deep into that. I believe the prophet Daniel gave us a prophecy that is amazingly specific, and while a little bit scary, is ultimately uh, a message of hope. Uh, overcoming and victory for us. Jeffrey Doherty with us. His website linked up at coasttocoastam.com. We're talking about 
biblical and prophetic things that have occurred with the cosmos, with the Bible as well. If you had to single out one topic that you are really concerned about, Jeffrey, what would that be? I think the one thing, George, that moves me more than anything else is the idea that every single man, woman, boy, girl that comes into this world, we're taught that we're filled with this thing called original sin. We're taught that with our very first breath, we are damned with, to be frank with you, that there's something wrong with us. There's something inherently wrong with us. And I believe that that belief is leveraged by men and women in religious uh, institutions to make us feel guilty, uh, to make us feel fearful. And it creates what I call the sin, salvation, savior paradigm. If you're born sinful, you got to have a savior. And then churches will tell us they've got the only savior that can give you your salvation. When the fact is the Christ told us that we've got the spark of divinity within George, and we're not filled with original sin. And this makes a huge difference in our life because, you know, the Christ said there's two main things, love yourself and love your neighbor. It's hard to love yourself if you think you're filled with original sin. Sure. And it's hard to even trust your neighbor, much less love him if you think he is. But turn that around, realize that you've got divinity in you, realize you've got your neighbor has divinity in them, and then the whole thing starts to work, George. So more than anything else, that message is the, the center of my passion. The Bible in the book of Revelation talks about the sign of the beast being 666. Might that be the computer? You know, George, if I knew all the answers, then uh, I'd be, I'd be a, a lot wealthier guy, probably. <laughs> but it's possible that it could be uh, the computer. Now, if we break that down again to the text, if we look at the, the, the mark of the beast is number 666, if you break that down, it really talks about the mark of the beast being the impress of the image of Caesar on a coin. And the, the whole essence of the mark of the beast really is the fact that you know, Caesar went out, conquered all the pagan religions, said you couldn't do any buying or selling unless you were using the Roman coinage. So in its strictest, most uh, textual context, that's what it means. But of course, if we look at things prophetically and expand upon what's written in black and white, there are some, you know, certainly some other ideas that can go through people's mind. And that idea that it could be the computer or something like that, I don't think that I'm in a position to say, no, there's no way that could be true. So it's definitely something to ponder. Have there been any signs, Jeffrey, in the heavens that would lead you to believe that we're being given signs about an apocalypse or anything like that? Well, I think that there's been signs in the heaven that point to things, but I don't think it points to an apocalypse. And in my estimation, the whole uh, hoopla we had over the September 23 thing in actuality, that exact alignment has happened at least six times in the last uh, couple thousand years, so it's not terribly unique. Parts of it happen every uh, single year. So I think that that was more of a distraction. I think the real, true uh, spiritual celestial event was that full solar eclipse we had back on August 21st, George, and I had the pleasure of being uh, at the center of totality. So it was a tremendously moving event. Oh, it was. It was emotional for a split moment, wasn't it? It was. Were you there at Totality? I sure was. I was in St. Louis at the time, so I was pretty darn close to it. At George, it was one of the most spiritually moving 
things in my life, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but I had the feeling that like the veil between worlds was very thin. It was almost like you could see. Yeah, for for a moment at least. For a moment at least, absolutely. And I believe that that was the end of what the Gnostics refer to as the uh, Sophia's correction. I believe from that day for the next seven years, we've got a new exposure of the fullness of female spirituality and the fullness of male spirituality. And it's going to be especially intense for the next seven years so we can really uh, do some great spiritual growth. A lot of people are looking for seven years of tribulation. George, I'm looking for seven years of jubilation as we get all the fullness of divinity available to us, perhaps as never before. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.